Yes, it is Monday, February 20. This is the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you are just tuning in, Dean Bulldog Richie sitting in for the Great L Daily today. Loz will be back tomorrow. And Manly won the pre-season challenge uh, over the weekend with their uh, significant victory against the Roosters. What a performance that was from Manly. Bit of a feel-good factor there, Bulldog. 28-16, to 16, they beat the Roosters. And uh, obviously, new regime with uh, Anthony Seabold, new assistant coaches. After all the drama they went through late last season, I know it's only trials. They're on zero competition points as far as the season's looking, but some really good signs out of Brookvale. Yeah, it was a blistering uh, opening of 50-odd minutes for the Roosters, uh, for uh, Manly against the Roosters, up there in Gosford, Mido. It's a funny situation with Manly. I can't get my head around the Mido as to whether they're going to finish top four or 14th. I just can't quite nail Manly in any predictions. Clearly, the Tom Trebojevic factor is decisive. <laughs> if Tom stays in the field all year, they're playing in September. But if Turbo can't quite get there for whatever reason, we've seen it before. There's a mental block in the manly psyche, and they seem to go to pieces. Yesterday, we saw, well, Clarkie's Tigers be pretty dominant there against Canberra, 36-4. to They won there yesterday at Belmore in the first match of the doubleheader there at Belmore. Then Cronulla beat Canterbury 36-16. to uh, Also yesterday over in Christchurch, the Melbourne Storm 24 beat the Warriors 6. And uh, last night, uh, we saw the... Dolphins go down 40-16 to against the Gold Coast Titans. Great win from St. Helens in the World Club Challenge. Souths, oh gee, they easily accounted for the Dragons, 42-24 to in Mudgee in the Charity Shield. And uh, we've spoken a lot of cricket this morning. No shock there after what we saw from the Aussies yesterday. But earlier in the day, Clark, England beat New Zealand by 267 runs in the first test at Mount Monganui. Anderson and Broad. Four wickets each in the second innings. I had a quick look at the tab market for the first test of the Ashes later this year. England now the favourites to win that first test. The market was, uh, though, I think they're both two dollars twenty. Well, England are now two dollars ten. Australia two dollars thirty. And Where's draw that test is at? six dollars. Ah, uh, gee, I have to check that one. Is it still Cardiff? No, I don't think <clears throat> Cardiff has had a test for a while there now. Okay. But Clucky, what do you make of Baz Bull? I mean. Clearly, we're all a fan of making the game more entertaining mm. and exhilarating. Mm. Oh, I think they've got yeah, a very uh, aggressive... Sorry, Mido. Edge Baston. Edge Baston, okay. Very aggressive captain in Ben Stokes. And Brendan McCullum was a very aggressive captain when he captained New Zealand as well. So I think those two together have a very similar mindset around how they want to play cricket in general. Um, and test cricket's no different. So I was very surprised by... Um, I guess their setup of day one of the day-night test. I think they probably looked at their success rate outside of England with day-night cricket. Hasn't been that successful. They said, right, yeah, where have we got it wrong? What do we need to do? What risks do we need to take? And they said, right, yeah, we're going to bowl. We want to bowl on day one under lights when we think we can we can maximise that. So you also you look at their team and you can understand why. That, that record of Broad and Anderson is, well, I think they just overtook McGrath and Warren, who were number one on the tree, as in most wickets as a partnership together. So, you know, when you've got that attack, you're probably basing your team around that. Like, Australian cricket did it for a long time. We, we based our, our team and the way we played, our style of play, around Warren and McGrath. That's why you saw when Mark Taylor was captain, 
he always knew it doesn't matter what colour the wicket is. I'm, I'm batting first because I want Warney on the last day to be bowling. That's our best chance of winning. Um, so I think England have worked out what their style, best style of cricket is. And at the moment, they're willing to take whatever risks they need to to try and win. They're not scared of losing. And I think that is, that's the right attitude to play cricket in any format. At the moment, they're taking some, some bigger risks and they'll, that'll get criticised if teams can combat it and beat them. If New Zealand are none down on that first day, they're copping a lot of criticism for declaring. But at the moment, they're confident, they're playing well, they've got good players, so they're able to do it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's changing the game, that's for sure. The only question mark I've got over Basball is whether they are breeding a generation that don't have the resilience or aren't taught the resilience to bat out a day five test match for a draw. Morning, Buzz. Yeah, morning, guys. you got Bulldog in there, eh? Where's Loz? New Zealand. Oh, right. Oh, well, at least he's back for the kickoff. A couple of weeks. Very exciting, isn't it? Well, what did you make? Well, one of the exciting, uh, I think, talking points from the pre-season challenge is the team that actually won the challenge, Manly. What did you make of them, Buzz? Oh, look, I'm really, really impressed. Um, um, I heard Bulldog just talking about so much is going to depend on Tom Turbo, but they've also got Cherry Evans to come back into that side. Uh, hasn't played in the trials and also Jason Saab on the wing, arguably the fastest man in the comp. So they've got much to add to a, the most you know, impressive side during the trials. Dog, I know so much depends on Turbo, but the, the young fella, K.O. Weeks, who uh, played there the other day, is a terrific prospect. And he's there in case something goes wrong. They've got another option there with Ruben Garrick as well. Um, so they've got a lot of depth. And there's a really interesting thing about Manly and the difference between Anthony Seabold and Des Hasler. Des was notoriously careful and even slow about bringing these young kids through into into NRL. Um, he really wanted them to do long apprenticeships um, in Jersey Flag, or it used to be Holden Cup. And it's really interesting. On Saturday morning, I went down to the local park and I watched Cronulla play Manly in the Jersey Flag. And I said to the Manly guys, how are you looking? They said, oh, we don't have our strongest team today. And I said, why? He said, oh, Seabs is using them all in the NRL squad. So he's prepared to give all these exciting young kids around Cherry Evans, Jake and Tom and those great edge forwards an opportunity. And it's becoming a, it's not a distant memory, but they've, they've put the pride jersey um, fiasco into the background now that they look a really, really happy unit. And as I wrote this morning, you don't normally read a thing into trials. But I think it was important that we sport, that we, we've seen smiles on the faces of these manly players and watched them play some good football. What about the Tigers, buddy? Hard on them last week. Give me some love this week. Boy, give me some love. I was thinking about you yesterday. I was watching oh, I'm not surprised. Night. I'm sure and you I'll... think about me regularly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Can't <laughs> wait to see you on, can't wait to see you on Friday. Well, you're sitting right beside me. Beautiful. Um, West, I, was, well, I was thinking about you because I wonder if he's watching the West Tigers or is he watching the cricket? And the cricket was so horrible. Unfo- unfortunately, I chose the cricket. <laughs> Yeah, well, you should do my trick, mate. I have my uh, I have my iPad 
tournament with the cricket with the league on um, with the league on television. West Tigers could not have been more impressive. And again, like Manly, they were without Brooks and uh, they were without Happy Coruscant and. Um, it was when I say trials aren't important for those bottom eight clubs from last year. It is important, and you know they they were they they played some really good football yesterday. And, um, I think they've given their fans a lot of hope. Um, but again, we've got to remember, and I keep going back to those trials. Last year, the West Tigers beat the Roosters sixteen eight, and they won the Wooden Spoon. Penrith got beaten thirty six nil by Para. So let's not get too excited, but I think you'd agree, Bulldog, there's enormous positivity to come out of another team, the Titans, and they demolished the Dolphins last night. It's, you know, these results under those circumstances are quite important. Yeah, they're the positives, Buzz. What about the negatives? I hate to bring up the Dragons, but that game at Mudgee highlighted some deficiencies yet again. And you've also written that St Helens' Mike Rush could have actually been at the Dragons. Yeah, look, to build a great footy club like St Helens, to win four titles in a row with a salary cap, you need a pretty sharp operator to do it. And Mike Rush is that person. He has done a wonderful job with this football side. And he is very keen on moving to Australia with his family to take on a role in the NRL. Now, I found out he was interviewed for the St George job five years ago. Brian Johnston, the chairman at the time, interviewed him but ended up taking the job himself and it didn't work out and he brought Brian Webb in as their CEO. Now, Brian Webb is a good CEO but he lacks rugby league bloodlines. Um, he's not really on top of the, uh, the game as a sport. He's financially very strong and corporately strong. But I've got a feeling that St George have lacked a rugby league man for quite some time. You look at their roster now and they still have only 25 players signed. They're still waiting to find out if they're going to get compensation for Cody Ramsey being out for the year, for Junior Amoni um, being on the no-fault stand-down. I don't know where these five players are going to come from. So what we needed to see in Mudgee on Saturday was a side that was at least reasonably competitive against South, and they were pretty horrible for much of the game. And I think they've got some really, really big issues to sort sort through. They've got the buy, and it's probably a good thing in round one. It gives Anthony Griffin more time to fix it. He's on the back page of the Telegraph today with Michael Cariana saying he can fix it. Didn't go into a lot of detail, though. Um, I think they're a real worry for their fans, and um, it'll certainly be a watch this space with them, um, you know, for the first six weeks of the comp with Griffin and Another guy under enormous pressure after the trials is Adam O'Brien, lost his first uh, two trials. And those two coaches have probably firmed into favouritism as first catch, uh, first coaches sacked. Buzz, have you got any signing news up your sleeve? Mitchell Moses, Joseph Sueli, anything happening in terms of their futures? Um, I expect Bulldog, they will both 
uh, announced their intentions this week. Mitchell Moses is on the record as saying that he wants it done before the start of the season. If you are framing a betting market, I'd have him as a slight favourite to stay at the Parramatta Reels. I'd, I'd have him about a dollar eighty and probably two dollars ten to join the West Tigers. So, so it is tight. The money, as we've reported for weeks after weeks, um, is far better option at the West Tigers. Um, I don't see, though, and I don't know if you agree with me, Bulldog, how they can re-sign Adam Dewey, keep Luke Brooks, and then pay Moses one point two. It's a lot of money tied up in halves. Well, it'd be over two to two and a half million. Brooks is off contract at the end of this coming year, though, I think, Buzz. So, yeah, I know look, that, whether Bob, that's an indication. But the appeal for Mitchell Moses to join the West Tigers, apart from the challenge and the enjoyment of playing under Benji and Timmy Sheens, was he is so tight with Luke Brooks. And he, if he went to the West Tigers, he'd want to play with Brooks. And that's where, after they've extended Dewey, I, look, Dewey can play, said Dewey can play, he's a very, very good football player. But it's interesting to see how that's going to pan out, but I'm expecting a decision this week. The other interesting one is Joseph Suali. He, he is off contract. He has an option, his favour, until May. I know, well, it's no scoop, is it? Eddie Jones is all over this one, and the kid's probably the hottest. Uh, he's 19. He's probably the hottest property in either code, rugby union or rugby league. Um, and But he's got a decision to make, and I think the Roosters want an answer. They can't wait until... May. Um, I think Nick Politis plans to speak to his manager, Isaac Moses, this week and looking forward to getting a decision on that. And, um, you know, Joseph's obviously an outstanding young player, but they've also got Manu, they've also got Tedesco. There's, uh, you know, but they signed Brandon Smith. They're about to extend Radley and, and give him a pay increase. I know they lose for Wera Hargreaves at the end of the year, but um, they can't go overboard for Joseph. What's he worth, Buzz? What would you pay him if you were a CEO? What would I pay him? Yeah. Um, well, it would have to be done over four years. I wouldn't accept this year-by-year deal, which um, South Sydney eventually let him go because he wanted the year-by-year with options and all sorts of things. I'd probably think that this next year, Bulldog, I'd pay him 700 k but I would bump it up a hundred each year, so I'd go seven, eight, nine, a million. What does that add up to, Clarky? What do you like at math? But not, not enough. I'm not saying, enough to keep him. That's what it adds up to. He's what do you want to? Do you see where he put his head? At? Yeah, I, I'm not sure you would have seen it, but he showed his inexperience when he got knocked out the other night. He, yep. he, it was a terrible technique in that tackle. I've seen him play fullback for Samoa, and I saw him play fullback for the Roosters at a couple of stages last year when Teddy had to go off. I think he has much to learn. Yeah, of course. And, of course. And again, players like him are much better off in the Roosters system where you're going to learn from Teddy, mm. you're going to learn from Joey Manu, you're going to learn from um, the coach Trent Robinson, you're going to have a fellow there, Nick Politis, who 
is renowned for looking after his footballers in retirement. And you look at Mitch Orbison, you look at Boyd Courtney, you look at Jake Friend, and you go right back to Freddie and uh, Luke Rickardson. And it's just a place that probably more than others cares for their great players. And um, But it's an interesting one, Dog. What do you think he's worth? Oh, I think you've nailed it, Buzz, with your figures. I mean, yeah. there's obviously an incredible amount of uh, potential in Joseph Sueli, but you know, that might be two or three years away. I mean, he might not hit his best for another three, four years, Buzz. Yeah. But the Roosters generally don't lose players that they want. I'd, I'd be stunned yeah. if he left the Roosters, and I'd be even more stunned if he went back to Rugby Union. Yeah, but can the Roosters keep accepting, accepting this year-by-year deal? That's what... Is he going to take up his option for one year, then we go through this again next year? Or the Roosters, like they did with Fittler, like they did with Hastings the old day, like they did with Beetson, all their champions, their, champ, their great players sign on not year by year and leave Rugby Union and other clubs. Um, it's not know, ideal, a, Buzz, but if that's what it takes to keep him, I, I don't have a problem with it. Well, South did. Wayne Bennett did. Yeah. I think at 19, I can under... I think you need some surety in your career. I, I, I think it would be in his best interest to sign for three years, wherever he signs, rather than going in and out of different systems. But look, I'm not just... And I don't have the Wallabies throwing 1.2 in my direction, knowing I'm going to have to take unders. And knowing I want to put my mum and dad and family in a new house. There's talk he wants to buy... His granddad's in Samoa and he wants to buy a house. He is a fantastic. You've met him, the bulldog. He's a he's a lovely, lovely young man and beautiful manners. He's got a great game, but I still think um, he he needs to um, he needs to commit himself for a substantial period. How many games did the Dolphins win, Buzz? Oh, mate, um, they, were, they they struggled yesterday, didn't they? And I can understand why the TAB have got them as favourites to win the wooden spoon. It's really interesting. Someone told me last week the TV networks were worried about the Dolphins. And they've got a lot of TV on free-to-air. They've got 10 free-to-air games next year because Channel 9 are obviously looking to build their Brisbane audience. But eight of those 10 games, Channel 9 have put them in the first 12 weeks. What that shows is they're worried there's going to be a fade-out. And once they start getting injuries, lacking depth, and I mentioned with St George needing five players, the Dolphins still have four players open. There's still $2 million under the salary cap. And what that tells you is they don't have a an NRL side at this stage that is anywhere near challenging for the top eight or any of the really good sides in the comp. Buzz, are you going to play nice with Clarky at Friday's Big Sports Breakfast Lunch? I don't know, Bulldog. I'm going to get there with all good intentions. Mm. So I'm Michael, going to go easy. I'm just going early. to see if I feel like talking to him. If I don't, I won't. <laughs> generally how it Clarkie. works with Buzz. Like some days, some Mondays, I just can't be So, Clarky, you could potentially turn your back on Phil. There's every chance oh. I could ask him to go and sit on a different table. <laughs> Oh, I want to see a big, big, <laughs> big bear hug. No way, mate. I can't big wait to hug. have you sitting right beside me, Buzz. It's about time I, we speak sharks Clarkie, v. Tigers. And you still you owe me watch, lunch as well. Yeah, do you watch Matt? No, no. Oh, right. No. There are a couple of 
horrible couples on oh, their last horrible crazy. relationships, yeah, and it reminded me of uh, you and me watching maths last night. Oh, I can guarantee you I'm not marrying you <laughs> for no, no for I'm no amount of money. There's a lot of tension in how I made some mistakes in my time. I'm not making that oh, one. I yeah. oh, made mistakes to you, mate. Let's not go there, please. <laughs> Got to go, boys. Thanks so much. See you Friday. See you, boys. See you, buddy. Dean Bulldog Richie joining us today with Loza over in NZ. He'll be back tomorrow. Heroes and villains. Stacks of texts here. Uh, keep them coming. 0419767272. Uh, we've got uh, the $100 gift card to give away, as well as a case of the Saint and Sinner Alcoholic Kombucha. Um, now, here we go. Morning. My heroes, Loza's Multi. The only collect of my day. Villain. Uh, the... Goose who chose the highway for Dave Stanley's HQ punters multi. It's the hardest race every Saturday, and of course, everyone, everyone else saluted. Uh, can you ask Mossy where Ellie Carpenter is? A noticeable omission from the Matildas the past two games. Cheers, Marathon from Mayfield. Of course, she just got back from an ACL injury playing. Uh, she returned for her club over, obviously, Lyon over in France. Uh, so, yeah, we've got Mossy on later this morning. The Matildas, though, a great win yesterday, 3 2. They beat Spain, the seventh-ranked nation in the world. And that was in front of more than 17,000 at Combank Stadium. What about the Kings as well, Clarky? They uh, are set to play the New Zealand Breakers in the Championship Series in the NBL. It starts Mm. Friday night at Kudos Bank Arena. The Kings, though, both uh, series in the semifinals went to three games. And uh, the Kings beat Cairns 79-64 in Game 3 yesterday. New Zealand beat Tassie. Your good old Jack Jumpers, 92-77. Shame. And uh, the series winner market has the Kings at $1.40 to go back-to-back and New Zealand $3 with tab for the grand final series. Uh, Hero, St. Helens, great win against the Panthers. Villain, Ronaldo Mulatalo, absolutely uh, carrying on in yesterday's trial, says Luke from Bathurst. There was a... it got a bit testy at times, that uh, game at Belmore yesterday, Bulldog. Yeah, it got a bit fiery, didn't it? Good old-fashioned Belmore sports ground. Wasn't it good to see the old ground back basking in the Sunday sunshine meadow? But, yeah, Mulatalo is a bloke that likes to get involved. Uh, yeah, Generally, if there's a skirmish on the field, he's not too far away. But tell you what, gee, he can play. Hmm. I reckon he will develop into potentially the best winger in the NRL. Wow. I really That's believe that. He is a winger on the rise, and he will only get better in the next two to three years. Uh, boys, any danger of giving Manly some credit for their pre-season trial form? Solid wins over Souths and the Chooks. No one's giving them a chance of making the top four, but I'm telling you, it's the year of the bird. Uh, Manly 13+. plus. P.S. Loz's the genius on the multi. Saved me from a, the rather large hole that I was in. See you on Friday, boys. Dora the free pourer from Eleonora uh, sending that one through. No, we gave Manly a fair bit of credit just before. Um, Hero, the St. Helens hooker, how good for the man, true champion. Uh, and uh, Riley from Port Mac and uh, getting stuck in the aft, aft cabin after, yeah, I'm sure it was in a lot of multis there on Saturday. But uh, uh, James Roby, obviously a, a veteran there at St. Helens. Um, yeah, sensational triumph for them on Saturday night there in Penrith. Uh, 500 games. Incredible. More than 500 games. That's Iron Man stuff, isn't it? It is, isn't it? In the middle. Mm. Super League's intensity is down on the NRL. I get that. But even so, 500 games in the middle of any rugby league team shows remarkable resilience. 
Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, morning, boys. Hero Jai McNeil coming out riding the first winner on Saturday for his mentor, great mate and racing legend, Dean Lester. Uh, Villain Sports Integrity Australia for the horrendous handling of the Peter Bowl case. Whether you like it or not, mud sticks, but hopefully Bowl can move on. Cheers, Cliffy from Scone. Uh, Villain, the Aussie cricket side. Um, the office lady at work can do sweeps better on Melbourne Cup Day. <laughs> the heroes, Jai McNeil, the raw emotion he showed. And Willow from Windsor riding that one. We're going to talk some golf, though, now. And uh, just seeing what's going on here, by the way, over at the Genesis. It is John Rahm, two strokes clear of Max Homer. At the top of the leaderboard, Rahm 17 under. Homer is 15 under par. Jason Day was having a fantastic final round. Uh, he is five under through 16 holes and eight under for the tournament. So nine shots off the pace, but uh, certainly been playing well. Now, Tiger was... Uh, he's back up to one under Tiger, so he's two over through 17 holes. Uh, one under for the tournament, tied for 44th. But yesterday uh, at the TPS Sydney at Bonnie Doon, we saw David Michelusi win that event. And uh, we now have the TPS Hunter Valley tournament this week. It's at Cypress Lakes. Beautiful Cypress Lakes course there in the Hunter at Pecolbin. There's a $250,000 purse. And for anyone wanting to go along and watch, free entry. Uh, that great venue there in the Hunter. And joining us now is uh, Newcastle golfer Nick Flanagan. Nick, good morning to you. Good morning. How you doing? Yeah, really well, thanks. Great to have you on the show. And, and tell us a bit about your preparation because I, I see you've sort of been umming and ahhing about whether to give the game away, at least uh, you know, as far as touring around is concerned and playing in tournaments. Um, where's it all at for you at the moment? Yeah, I've, um, I've gone through quite a few injuries over the past couple of years and... Um, yeah, before coming home last year, I was having an issue with an elbow and, and got an injection put in it, which got me through those last events and and um, somehow played well when I got back here. And uh, that seems to be how my career has gone over the past couple of years. As soon as I feel like I'm going to kind of hang them up, I end up playing well. I don't know if it's taken the pressure off or, or what it might be. But um, yeah, preparation for this one, pretty similar. My elbow I had another injection a couple of weeks ago, so... Just hoping the best is the body holds up. Nick, what's your take on the format, mate? The opportunity for men to, and women to be playing against each other? Yeah, it's interesting. It's been, um, obviously, we've got a lot more events out of it. And mm. I think that's that's obviously a great thing. And I've played in a few of these now. I played an event towards the end of last year, um, which was a similar format and played with that young Grace Kim. And it's pretty impressive to see... Um, you know how well those girls play, um, <clears throat> especially putting, and they never miss a fairway. I wish I could hit it off the tee like they do for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's um, it's been it's been great for our game back here, and I think it's just going to keep growing. Nick, with injection of some prize money into these events, I mean, are the fields slowly you know, getting stronger and more elite? think so i mean obviously now that there's um a lot more events on the tour back here it gives guys guys and girls opportunities to to make kind of money week in week out as opposed to just having you know three events at the end of the year and a couple events at the start of the year they can actually play for quite a few months and get on a bit of a roll um which is kind of what you want to do if you're going going over to one of those elite tours you're playing week in week out so um it's just a little bit more like the rest of the bigger tours um, as far as playing opportunities. You won that Cathedral Invitational there in Victoria late last year. So what did that do for you, Nick? 
Um, it was a good check, so that was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have loved to it for it to have gone on the order of merit, but um, yeah, just a big confidence builder. Um, I don't play a lot of golf anymore. I'm, I'm teaching quite a lot at the moment, so it was nice to know that I can still do it when um, when it's needed. And um, yeah, definitely gave me a lot of confidence to uh, come back for these events and hopefully. You know, play well enough to keep my path and maybe get another win and, and just kind of see where it goes from there. Who's some of your tough competition, buddy, to look out for? This week? Yeah, this week. Um, obviously, Mikalufi's playing yeah. pretty pretty dang well at the moment. He's, um, you know, shooting 10 under yesterday to win that event. So, um, he's been on a bit of a roll. I think that might be second or third win this year. So, I think he's probably going to be going in pretty heavy favourite. Um, but you know, obviously, obviously, with the men and women there, um, we'll see how the course plays. But um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty competitive week up there. What's unique about Cypress Lakes? Uh, there's a couple of really um, interesting holes up there that you know we don't play a lot of a lot of courses that have um, some of the holes that this course has. Um, you've got to really place it off the tee, I think. Uh, it's not just pull your driver out. You've got to you've got to place it around corners and dog legs um, so you can have a shot into the greens. Last year it was really wet, so it was hard to um, it's hard to keep a wedge on the green. But this year, hopefully, with the weather being a little bit nicer, the course will be playing a little bit tougher. And and um, yeah, it's really just placement off the tee, I think, uh, out of this golf course. And I guess as someone who you know travels between the states and here, etc., and uh, you know, it's an interesting time for golf to say the least. Uh, we haven't really had a period like this in the sport. What, what impact do you believe having a live tournament in Australia will have on the game here, Nick? Um, I think <clears throat> with, it, with everything that's gone on with the live, like when you really look at it, it's, it's benefited everybody in the game of golf. Like every tour is playing for, for more money now. The US tour has gone up in, in prize money with, you know, those elite events they have now. Um, Asian tours playing for more money. So I think in general, golf's going to kind of come out on top on this. We'll see what ends up happening with the live and if it keeps kicking on. But um, I don't think any of the golfers seeing the uh, the purses go up and all their, uh, on all their tours are complaining too much. So hopefully it keeps going like that. Great stuff. Well, uh, Nick, we really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, good luck. Enjoy. Keep picking up those checks and keep playing. Yeah, thanks, boys. Great stuff. Nick Flanagan, a four-time winner on the Corn Ferry Tour over there in the US. And, uh, well, back here, he finished third back in the 2019 Australian PGA. That was a tournament that Adam Scott uh, won and uh, will be there at the TPS Hunter Valley Tournament at Cypress Lakes. As I mentioned, free entry, great course. I think I lost about 20 balls when I played there about <laughs> six months ago, seriously. But uh, but we had, we had in one of the... Um, carts, we just had a little ice bucket with a few beers in there, so you know it was great. How many did you get through? Uh, yeah, a couple. You a golfer, Clarky? No, no. I would have thought that eye mm. hand coordination through your batting sense. would have transferred across. Golf doesn't make sense to me. But can you play? <sighs> I'm okay. Yeah, but I don't like you smack it as far as you can, and then you got to go get it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense. You'd rather a field right. than <laughs> in cricket. Someone else has to go and get it. <laughs> Fair logic, isn't it? <laughs> Time's running out to get your tickets. The Big Sports Breakfast Lunch Friday. This Friday, Feb 24, Wing Stand, Socceroos coach Graham Arnold, Blocker, others will be there. It'll be a great afternoon. Plenty of laughs, plenty of tips, plenty of banter. AustralianTurfClub.com.au. AustralianTurfClub.com.au.
Sky Get your tables sorted, your tickets sorted for Friday. And from Sky Racing, Ali Mosley joining us. Ali, good morning. Good morning, Mido. Good morning, guys. Let's start with the silver slipper. And uh, how impressed were you with Cylinder? And uh, what sort of hope do you give it heading towards the golden slipper? I was more impressed because he. I went to see him out the back. I always like to go and see them in the stalls. And he was... Um, throwing his weight around a little bit. He was sort of squealing out and feeling very well. And then when he got in the yard, he was up on his toes and then out behind the barriers. So I sort of saw him the whole way through the process. He sort of fell apart. He was a lather. And I thought, oh, if he runs a good race here. He's used majority of his energy before he's even started. So I guess just off that as a bit of a yard watch, I thought he was phenomenal. Um, these exceed Nick Sells are just, I think I think he's almost my, I say he's almost my favourite stallion. I just love him. But um, he was super and I'm sticking as well with Platinum Jubilee. I still think that she's the pick of the girls. I've loved her since I first saw her. She's just such a sweetheart the way she handles herself. She's such a little professional and she does everything right. And I don't, I don't really know what to make of King's Gambit just being from the Snowden stable. I, I feel as if he could very well bounce back and we know what they're like at training the grand final course. So tricky one, but yeah, Cylinder was all honours with him. Ali, I'll play devil's advocate and ask you, is it all over for Nature's Trip? Oh man, I don't know. I I've been talking about this and even I came home and had a chat with a few different people about it that night and I sort of don't want to put the mock on him and say that it is because I I hate doing that, particularly when you don't know him and he he looks so well. I even saw a video of him the next day having a pick, you know, looks like he's come back in really nice order. So whether it was just a flat first up run, he probably, you know, he didn't get cover, it probably wasn't ideal for him, but for a horse of his calibre to not at least do something, you know, at least to run a place. I just just was, I I mean, I was really disappointed with how he'd come back, but that's not to say that he won't bounce back in his second up run. So without um, making any decisions yet, I'd really like to see him and how he goes second up. Well, Osipenko got the job done for Loz and his multi as it took out the Hobartville. What did you make, though, of Aft Cabin? Uh, I always wonder with bleeders when they come back, they can either... They, they can often come back really well first up and then second up tail off a little bit. But, I mean, it was pretty obvious that there was there was a little bit of um, t- trouble in the straight, I suppose. So poor old Timmy Clark had, had a tricky day there on Saturday and aft cabin was, was one of those that was tricky. Uh, I think there's probably better... I almost want to say that he's almost just a three-year-old. Um, but in saying that, he'll probably come out and make me look silly after that. But I think we've got a, a decent enough group of three-year-olds that he'll have have a lot that he needs to, to beat. So I think Machilate was, was the run of that race. I, I backed off the Penko, so I was happy. But <laughs> I think Machilate was certainly the run of that race. He sort of just does what he has to when he comes to the races. He's he's a really nice horse. He's come back bigger and stronger. And I, I was talking to Mark Needham out there, and I said he's come back sort of a man this prep. He's gone from a boy to a man. So I think Machilate will be the one who'll put his hand up this year as a three-year-old. And what'd you make of uh, the Millie Fox winner, Electric Girl, with Zach Lloyd in the saddle there? Yeah, super. I think um, Duff found Electric Girl, so that was a great find. And Expert as well. She ran, she ran a massive race. Maria Mia was disappointing. I thought mm. Pavitra, um, I had her in the numbers to run a hole, and she, she didn't run poorly, I didn't think. They were just probably a little bit too electric for her, for lack of a better word. She um, 
she'll get much better as she gets on into the prep and a little bit further over a trip. But Electric Girl, I thought, great. And Zach Lloyd, how good for Zach Lloyd? Mm. He is flying since he's come back and I think he'll, he'll be shaking up certainly the apprentices and, and not just the apprentices. I think he'll be handing it up to the to the senior jocks as well this autumn. Are we sacking or following anything in particular out of the weekend? Yeah, there's a couple I want to follow. I thought pre-entry ran a massive oh, race. I think had he had he drawn a barrier, he he certainly would have been the winner. And that he showed that um, from the wide draw, he scorched home from the back running clearly the best sectionals of the highway. And I thought uh, out of the highway, I've decided the highway is my favourite race. By the way, <laughs> come to the well, conclusion. Well, you've given <laughs> us a lot of good mail out of the race. That's for sure. It seems it seems like you can often find a winner and get a bit of value, and you can always have a bit of an each way bet. And hopefully get up. But so super extreme, I thought, also deserved to mention. He covered more ground than uh, any other horse in the race, but he still hit the line running the second best last 600 and 200. And then the other one who I'm just not quite sure totally to make of, what to make of her, is, is Party for One. She's been difficult to follow, but she showed she's obviously in great form. She ran the best 600 and 200 of the entire meeting. So I'll follow her, and I, I want to see the best of her this prep because I don't think we did uh, last time when she came out for her first sort of racing preparation here uh, since we've seen her back. So I think I, I will follow her too. Ali, you're getting a lot of love on the text line. Thanks so much again, and uh, looking forward to getting your mail on Friday. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Ali Mosley there. Also, a big congratulations to those connections who have their horses through to the final of the New Haven Park Country Championships at Ramwick on day one of the championships. We saw at Coffs Harbour on Saturday, uh, Bean Froggy and Wizard of Oz go through to the final. And yesterday at Mudgee, Amicus Curier for Mac Griffith and Mitchell Bell, and possibly so for Andrew Ryan and Anthony Cavallo go through to the final as well. Big weekend in Mudgee. One of your favourite country destinations. Seen you at your best in Mudgee, Bulldog. And likewise, Mido. Mm. It's a good spot. Tell you what, it was hot for that game of footy. They did put the kickoff time back, but I think it was still 34 degrees at kickoff. So she's a good old-fashioned country stinker out there, but I think the uh, the punters loved it because it snowballed into the races on Sunday. Yep.